Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is early November in America. That means we are on the dawn of a new era here in our great country. Yes, that can only mean one thing. We are on the verge of college basketball season. (laughs) We made it, sort of. We've made it to the 11th month of the calendar year. I don't know what else you'd be referring to, but I am Jonas Nordman. I am here on the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show And after a long summer of ruminating, after a long summer of staying indoors, after a long year of no March madness, I'm basically just spinning our wheels in the mud since early March. We have made it to the fall. We have made it. And we are oh so tantalizingly close. Yes, things are changing all around us. But hopefully the constant that is college basketball will happen. I mean... There are college football games that are getting canceled and players are getting sick and Heisman favorites are having to sit out two games. But, hey, you know what? It looks like college basketball is right around the corner, and I am giddy as a schoolgirl. Regardless, Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, and this is the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And here's what I believe. Here's what's on the docket. Sort of a snipped show today, sort of slow on news. It turns out there's not a lot of breaking news, not a lot happening in the midst of an election. Why why dump your news when you're not going to get anything or no one's going to pay attention to you when there's so much else happening around us in the world? Other than that, it it sort of looks like Kansas and Kentucky are going to play on December 1st. That seems like that's sort of the news for the week. Uh, But we do have our Big 12 previews, and it's a good team. It's a really good team. I think uh, not to bury the lead here or expose myself too early, I guess, is the way to put this. Um, But I think this might be the third best team in the Big 12 that we're going to talk about. So we're just, at this point, continuing our way through, you know, the southwest of the country, through the great state of Texas, if this hasn't given it away yet. I said it's the third best team in the in the conference, so it's clearly not Baylor. I think you can figure it out from there. But I do want to start by having a little fun, right? We're all on the edge. We had a stressful Tuesday. We're still probably a little bit stressed out right now. I don't know what your drink of choice was on Tuesday. I don't know how you stress ate. Um, but let's have some fun, right? So the the meme going around, the joke going around, it's not really a joke, but hey, we've never took ourselves too seriously here on this show. It's like, what what would you do if things were going well for you at the moment and you could just put a stop on it so it didn't, you know, sort of decompose in a way that you didn't want it? Are you following what I'm getting here? Picking up what I'm putting down? Like, what's the injunction that you would put in to stop the impending doom 
that was yet to happen. Like, say you were winning in a certain area, you liked how that was going, and you didn't want anything else to happen that would jeopardize your future in that area. Say a place like Pennsylvania, I don't know, or Michigan. Just putting this out there. And so I thought, how would this relate to Kansas basketball? We love Kansas basketball. It's a successful program. Won the title in 2008. That's all of a sudden a really long time ago, as I've, as I've said before. <laughs> but so many conference titles, so many great moments, but also so many moments and so many games that just hit us right in the heart. So I thought, what is a game, what is an instance in Kansas basketball history where I wish I could have gone, all right, nothing else can happen from here on out. KU's looking good. This is where we're stopping. So, one moment immediately popped in my mind. If you'll allow me to go down memory lane. The year is 2011. (laughs) The year is 2011. It's the Elite Eight. It's Kansas. It's VCU. I'm at my friend's house, which ended up being my house the next year, I think. Um, I'm at my friend's house in between Massachusetts Avenue and uh, Massachusetts Street and Kentucky, Kentucky Street. I forget what the little side street is. Uh, wow, I lived on there for two years, and I can't remember. Was it 12th Street? Someone will write into me and let me know. Last day of spring break, I was back in Lawrence watching the Elite Eight with my friends. And KU took a quick little 2 nothing, 4 nothing lead. You know, they, they jumped out to a lead on VCU. Kansas, of course, being the heavy favorites, the Morris twins. Tyrell Reed, Brady Morningstar. Tyshawn Taylor. Kansas expected to run over that VCU team. The team that Jay Billis said shouldn't have even been in the tournament, shouldn't have even made the first four. I believe his quote was, does the committee even know that the basketball is round by letting in VCU? So Kansas jumps out to the lead, and my friend Daniel, being the prick that he is, lets out a rock chalk chant. Kansas is up something four to nothing, and Daniel's going, rock, chalk, we're good, guys. And everyone in that moment, everyone started pelting him with chips. Everyone started berating him. Then you can't do that yet. It's too early for that. It's the tournament. Anything can happen. What happens from there on out? Tyrell Reed can't make a jumper. The Morris Twins can't hit a shot. The whole team goes to hell in a handbasket. VCU, of course, wins that game, goes to the Final Four, gets obliterated the next game. And it turns out to be one of the darker moments in recent Kansas basketball history. So I I wish right there in that moment, certainly before Dan let out the rock chalk chant, but when Kansas actually had that lead, I wish I could say, all right, we're good here. We know how this is going to go. Kansas moving on through. And yeah, I think that Kansas team was the best team in the country that year. Was it UConn beat Butler in one of the worst national championship games we have ever seen? A real bricklaying fest. I mean, KU, if they don't S the bed against VCU, 
probably recovers. Certainly is the favorite for the national title that year. So that's my moment. Let me know yours. Let me know a moment where you wish you could just stop things as they were. Put a little injunction in there and say, Kansas basketball, you're through. You're good. Don't need to see out the process from here out. Oh, there's still a full half of basketball to go. No big deal. We don't need to do that. Let me know. At JonasN310 on Instagram. Tweet me if you want. I am Jonas Nordman. It's pretty easy to find. There's only so many people named that. I think the one that's going to come through the most, and this was my second thought, is right before Ali Farokmanesh takes that shot for Northern Iowa. But that doesn't count. Kansas wasn't winning in that moment. They were chasing all game long, right? 2010? Oof, man, what a bad two-year stretch. (laughs) Yeah, KU was chasing for all that game. You and I jumped out to the lead. Uh, Those big centers that made like two threes all year long were draining. And Kansas had to come go on the comeback trail. And they were down by what? Like two, three points when Farouk Manesh took that shot. So it doesn't really count. If you stopped right before that, they still lose. If I have my memory straight. And that did scar me as I watched that game. So moral of the story here. My friend Daniel jerk if you go to the outfield house in the near future and you don't see that banner for 2011 it's his fault all right moving on (laughs) let's roll on through excuse me let's roll on through with our big 12 preview and we've got a big one here last year this team finished how did they finish there we go 18-13 Eighteen to thirteen overall. They finished nine and nine in conference. A year after making the national title game, a year after having Jared Culver drafted very high in the draft. Yes, I am referring to the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Last year, points per game seventy one point nine to one hundred sixty fifth. In the nation, rebounds per game, 33.3, 352nd in the nation. Assists per game. Finally, we have a team with a ranking that's, like, respectable. 15.4 assists per game. That was 37th in the nation. But they lose one of those primary assist men. Points allowed per game. Texas Tech, for the last few years, has really... Hung their hat on tough, tenacious defense. 63.5 points per game last year. Of course, they were famous for icing ball screens, keeping the ball on one side of the floor, which Bill self-copied. And KU ended up being the best defensive team in the country last year. This is now a quality program coming out of Lubbock, Texas. What's the dealio? What is, well, what's the intel on Texas Tech? Their head coach, Chris Beard, he's amazing. I don't know if he's waiting on the UT job and Shaka Smart to choke away all his returning players this year, plus adding Greg Brown. 
But Chris Beard, for my money, is probably the second best coach in the conference. Last year was a down year for them, and they were probably going to make the tournament. And they probably are going to have a player in Jemias Ramsey drafted maybe in the lottery, perhaps in the first round. He will be drafted, though. So let's get to those departed players. I just said it. Jemias Ramsey averaged 15 points last year. Talent, bit of a volume shooter, but the guy was able to put the biscuit in the basket. Remember that game in the field house last year? 26 points for Jemias Ramsey. Texas Tech only lost to KU by three, but remember he forced up a couple bad shots. Great defense by Marcus Garrett in the game that KU was leading by three, or they ended up winning by three. Jemias Ramsey, for whatever reason, drove the ball into the paint with like five seconds left when they needed that three-point shot. So the guy is solid. He just has a lot to learn, but that's you can go to the NBA and really hone your craft. So they lose Jemias Ramsey. They lose TJ Holyfield, a forward who averaged 8.9 points per game. Solid player. And this was... The shocker, I think, for Texas Tech, the one they weren't expecting, and if he was still there, you might be having a different viewpoint on the Red Raiders. Davide Moretti, the big linguini, a guard who averaged 13 points per game last year, but a solid role player, an excellent ball handler, never missed free throws. He left to go play professionally. This guy really was the straw that that stirred the drink for Texas Tech. And losing him is immense. I know he's not a superstar. I know he's not Jemias Ramsey. I know he's not Jared Culver. But we're Kansas fans. We we, We know how the college basketball program goes. You need those glue guys. You need those program guys. You need those Russell Robinsons. You need those Brady Morningstars. You need those like Landon Lucases, right? The guys that just make the program continue on. Marcus Garrett up until like last year, and he basically became a superstar nationally. So losing Moretti is immense, I, I believe, for Texas Tech. Now, that's not to say they don't bring back any talent. Kyler Edwards averaged 11.4 points per game. Terrence Shannon, a sophomore, averaged 9.8 points per game. There's a lot of points to bring back for Texas Tech. On top of that, they bring back Kevin McCuller and Clarence Nadalny, two sophomores who should get more playing time and really improve on their games. Again, a lot of the reason why I feel so positively about Texas Tech is because of their program. Like, if you sense a theme, I didn't really believe in Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham because I'm not a big fan of Mike Boynton. Texas has so many players coming back. Awesome. I don't necessarily believe in them because I don't believe in Shaka Smart succeeding in the Big 12. But Texas Tech, I mean, come on, how do you recruit to Texas Tech? Lubbock, is in the middle of nowhere. 
There's nothing going on. There's no program history, basically, for Texas Tech. And Chris Beard has come in there and put together really a machine. Does he have a beard? No. How are you going to be Chris Beard and not have a beard? But how can you not feel positively after what you've seen from this program the last few years? So Edwards and Shannon are back, McCuller and Dalney. And then there's the new guys. After talking about UT last week and how they are not really turning over any stones, not necessarily the case here with Texas Tech, but how about this? This is a team that, according to 24-7, has the number one recruiting class in the Big 12 incoming. Excuse me. They are led by Namari Burnett out of Napa, California. Smooth as wine, I, pre- I presume. 34 ranked, 34th ranked player in the nation. Micah Peavy, four-star, 43rd ranked player in the nation out of Duncanville, Texas. A four-star, Jabuzo Agbo Jr. from San Diego. And a couple other three-stars. But it's also the transfers for Texas Tech to keep an eye on. YouTube sensation, Mac McClung. He will play, granted the waiver by the NCAA, transferring in from Georgetown. Marcus, Marcus Santos Silva, transferring in from VCU. And Jamarius Burton, transferring in from Wichita State. Tough players, good size. Santos Silva, 6'7", 265. That's a thick boy. And these are guys who have played in the past. This is experience coming in immediately into the rotation for the Red Raiders. Burton has started 52 games in the past and averaged 10 points for Wichita State. Santos Silva, where's my notes here? There we go. He started 64 games the last two seasons and averaged 12.8 points per game, 8.9, let's call it nine rebounds per game. Tough players know how to get things done, going into a tough no system with a coach who knows how to maximize their abilities. Uh, I think we're looking at the third best team here in the Big 12. I read an article today with the Big 12 preview, and the question was posed, is this the best conference in the country? And the answer is maybe. <laughs> it's either the Big 12 or it's the Big 10. But if you're, if you're getting the theme now as we've been doing these Big 12 previews, Kansas is going to have its work cut out for it this year if they want to repeat as Big 12 champions. And I haven't even gotten to Baylor yet. I think the consensus is that the Big 10 is more top-heavy. They have more top 10 teams. But the depth of the Big 12, K-State, maybe TCU, are like the bad teams. But Iowa State, with Rasir Bolton, could take the step up. Texas has all those returning players. People seem to be higher on Oklahoma than I am. 
Ooh, out of 10 teams, when you've got, what is that now? Eight teams that could potentially make the tournament or at least make noise to make the tournament. This is a tough conference. And I think Texas Tech finishes third. Best case scenario. Best case scenario is that they unseat KU or Baylor for a top two position. I don't see that happening in all likelihood. But Texas Tech maybe battles for a two seed. Maybe they battle for a three seed. And they go to work from there. Icing those ball screens. Biggest key for the season, and I say this every time we talk about Texas Tech, Chris Beard, learn how to use a tie clip. (laughs) He wears it too low on his tie. He doesn't clip it to his shirt. It swings all around. It doesn't look that good otherwise. You're not fooling anyone, Chris. That is my position. When KU takes on Texas Tech twice this year, I will bring it up again. I will not apologize for it. It's really annoying. But really good coach. Really good team. All right. So that's Texas Tech out of Lubbock. I mean, I was watching the election on Tuesday. They were doing the county map, John King on CNN, the best in the biz, taking a look at the map of Texas. And I just see Lubbock on the map, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that place. How is anybody going there? How does anyone commit? How does anyone want to play there? And they are just running through with great success. So we'll see. We're getting closer. Appreciate everybody listening. That's another team down, I believe. Two other non-Kansas teams left to go and by the time we get through that we're gonna be staring down the barrel of college basketball season thank you so much for listening let me know your thoughts let me know those moments you'd like to put a stop to uh stay safe stay warm depending where you are i guess and i will speak with you next week and i'll leave you with a lovely rock chalk Doggy dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.